You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. GMAD. Don is a pastor with 40 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you are. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Alex, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. How are you? Doing well. Good. All right. Today... On this episode, we got some apologetic stuff. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I, I love apologetic <laughs> yes, stuff. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And you do it well. It's so much fun. Because it's the reason. Mm-hmm. It's the why. I ask all those questions, the whys. First Peter 3.15, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got, I've got two questions, but I think it's important that uh, the how, your ideas, your fundamental values, no matter who it is, it's always shaped by how you answer the question if God exists or not. And I think that's one of the biggest sticking points when you have a disagreement or something with someone where you need to make your arguments or refute an argument is the basis of your beliefs on your existence is really going to shape it. Now, I feel like I understand the other side and their views a lot better than they see mine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's some sort of a victim mentality or if that's actually true or not. Or a failure to bra- embrace part of being something bigger. Right. Yeah. Because th- there's a lot of things where it's like, you know, you made a good argument, uh, atheist. Mm-hmm. But since I believe in God, I see that he's this is for his glory and that's why this is. So that is always a big sticking point with everyone that they, you know, sometimes it's hard to figure out the rationale for something if you don't consider the option that God exists. Right. So <clears throat> question one, why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place? Oh, it's a proof. It's a proofing, if you will. Are we going to be uh, obedient or not? Yeah. I mean, it's very simple proofing as to whether we're going to be obedient or not. Got to have something. Right. I mean, if you have students, you're going to have a test yep. to see if they actually got the knowledge you were trying to give them. Mm-hmm. And this is in the same way as a, as a proofing of do we obey or not? Right. And believe it or not, the apple's in front of us every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so are we going to believe God? Are we going to obey God? Believing God is one thing. Obeying God is another thing Yeah, altogether. And so you might believe all sorts of things right. about God, but if you don't do them, obey what he's asked you to do, then uh, do you really believe? I think we, we and one of the, one of the very first questions we got, um, and I think it was from Lauren Huber. He said, you know, Judas, Adam and Eve, you know, all these different characters in the Bible that were exalted and then, you know, betrayed God, did not do what he said, you know, sold out Jesus. Are we to view them as heroes knowing now what that kicked into place? Oh, and especially the person Judas. Right. Um, I guess not necessarily Adam and Eve then. That might be a little different. You know, I, I, I look at the way the gospel writers uh, just studied the book of John, and uh, he, John did not have a high opinion of Judas. Yeah. 
evidently from the beginning <laughs> because it happens pretty early in John's gospel, uh, the one who would betray him or the one who, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm not sure holding them up and making them heroes is the way to go, even though it did play out right, for salvation. And it wouldn't have happened without that betrayal. I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. The, the person Judas made some choices. To me, that's an example that I'm responsible for the choices I make. Even if God's going to use it in the bigger, I mean, gospel. I mean, the Bible says God's going to use all these things. Right. Uh, uh, so even those bad things He'll use to His honor and glory. The the thing that's, I guess, I would have hated to be Judas. Right. Because if I was going to give up my Savior for thirty pieces of gold, uh, silver, silver, not gold. Uh, that reflects on who I am. Right. And I believe it still reflects on who Judas is. Right. So I would not make him a hero for what he did. Okay, so that's... that's I still give him responsibility for that. Right. Are you saying that it would have happened... Jesus would have sacrificed himself regardless of if it were Judas or if it were somebody else? Because Jesus is getting to that cross, right? Right. And we know that it was going to be the 30 pieces of silver that's prophesied. Right. And we know that he would be betrayed. Right. That's prophesied. So it would have been that same scenario if it hadn't been Judas. It might have been someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not clear. I don't, I don't see the Old Testament saying it needs to be one of the inner circle, one of the 12. Okay. But... Uh, Jesus knew it from the beginning. And it's mm-hmm. obvious in John 13, he knew it that night. Right. He knew it was going to be Judas. Right. Because <laughs> he said, and one of you of the devil. Right. <laughs> he didn't mince words. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's, all right. So that's a tricky part of it. It is. Where if God's, God knows our spirit... You know, I'm not going to say that, you know, God actually spoke to Judas and says, hey, you're going to do this thing. You're going to be villainized forever, and no one's going to know about it until they come to heaven, right? But, I mean, where is Judas right now? Well, I'm glad I don't have to be the judge and jury on that one. Right? I think he's burning in the fires of hell, but... Okay. See, that that's interesting to me, because we don't, we don't know. Well, I, have see, I don't see any confession. Right. And one of the key pieces of our our walk as Christians is we confess our sins, and then he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and then we grow in ways that that reflect obedience. Yeah. But if we don't confess our sins, there's no turning around from them. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to Judas after that, though? He hung himself. Is that not, uh, I mean, he sees his guilt there. He, he He's ashamed his of his guilt. Yeah. He's betrayed someone he loves, and he can't bear that anymore. But is that confession? That's a good point. I, I, I don't see confession there, and I don't want to be judge. Right. But I know God will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought that was an interesting thing. It seems like a confession because it's not like there's anyone coming to kill him right true 
no one's going to hold him accountable for the crimes that we now see. So since he paid the price for the crime, yeah, I just, I just, it would have been, it would have preached volumes. Yeah. We don't spend too much time on it, but we, we see God knows our nature and he has a plan. He knows what's going to happen. He does. You know, absolutely. You've probably been in this situation before, and I'm sure anyone who's listening has, you know, someone's like, oh, I'll, I have something to tell you, but you know, I'll tell you later. Or like, oh, I can't tell you about something. Mm. I mean, it's very human to be like, oh, man, I need to know. So like the garden of good, the, the tree of good and evil, it's like the, you can't eat from this one. Right. And then the serpent says, now, now notice I guess it was the, the serpent. Other tree, the tree of life was there as well. There's two trees you couldn't eat from. Right. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. That's right. And so at the end, because they ate of the one tree, God kept them from the other tree. I see. And then we see that tree coming up in Revelation chapter yeah. 22. Okay, okay. 21 and 2. Mm-hmm. Did, do they know that it's the tree of good and evil first? Or did the serpent That is the them? one the serpent... Be, that's the one that the serpent entices them to. Right. But do they know it's the tree of good and evil before the serpent tells them? I didn't. Or does they just know that it's, it's, these are the two trees, don't eat from them. Yeah. That's all they well, know? Well, that's the way I read it. Okay. So then maybe that is the... And the Lord made all kinds of trees that grow, grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing and good for the eye, and in the middle of the garden, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is uh, chapter 2, okay. Genesis 2.10, and a river, or 2.9. And then a river, of course, was in there and right. took care of that. No, where does where is God speaking to Adam and Eve, telling them not to eat from the tree? Uh, that's sixteen. And the Lord God commanded the man, "You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. For when you eat of it, you will surely die." Okay. And it's interesting; he doesn't say anything about the tree of life. Right. Maybe didn't have any fruit. But there was two trees, and it was the tree of good and evil okay. that got at so, from. So that's what I was wondering, is if, if, if the serpent was enticing them to eat from it because if it, was the, it would give them the knowledge of good and evil, or if they already knew that the tree was the knowledge of good and evil, which we've clarified. So now the serpent, is he's adding something to it, saying, hey, he doesn't want you to do that because then you would know. So I'm wondering if they knew if what would happen if they ate from it before the serpent or after. Well, they'd know they weren't supposed to eat it. Right. It, I think it sounds like the serpent is the one that's saying that he's the one that's breaking the news. Hey, he doesn't want to eat that because then you, you would know. You would know, yeah. And I think that plays into our very human trait of, I, I want to know. Yeah. I, I got to know, regardless of what what I'm told, I, I want to know. Okay. Well, so then, I, then we've got the responsibility. Right. My whole way, my the whole reason. I'm, I'm thinking God didn't want us to have to have, halter that responsibility. Sure. And he was going to keep us from that. Yeah, but, but there's it, something, the humanness of us, that the, if someone, like if someone told me, you know, like, you know, don't worry about knowing anything about this. You, you just focus on that. I'd be like, I kind of want to know about that now. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of want to know what's okay. over door number one. 
Okay. I'm okay. I'm done. That's my way around saying I think God knew who we are on the inside and what we might be driven to. And so yes. I was wondering if he was using that tree as a way to put into place something else. But I think we're seeing here that that is not that was not his intention. Right. He wanted us to be obedient in that time. So that is a major misstep on Adam and Eve, and we have paid the consequences. Right. right. Okay. But in that saying, we're all responsible for our choices. Right. Yep. But he put that temptation in the garden in the first place. Yeah. Why? Just well, to hold us together. But it wasn't only a temptation right. to that. The other tree was also there. Right. So it was a test of this format. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting. He doesn't say, don't eat of the tree of life. Right. It's just the tree of good and evil. And right. it's the tree of good and evil that the serpent uh, entices them to eat mm-hmm. from. Uh, you might be able to say, okay, the, the serpent was already cunning and evil and thinking against God, and so he's wanting to trip them up. Right. And trip them up, then we're mis- uh, comfort and misery. I mean, yeah. company and misery. Mm-hmm. We do it together, yeah. Let's be. I think Satan's still working it, making as many people miserable as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fine. Mis- misery loves company. That's oh, the, yeah. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah. So I think so. A final answer on why he put it there. It's a proof. Mm-hmm. See what this is not necessarily a temptation, but to see if you are going to be obedient. True. Okay. And it plays into what he says in Romans five and and James one. Yep. Because that testing us develops perseverance. Perseverance, when it's finished its work, leaves us mature and complete, not lacking anything. So it's one way to nudge us into maturity. Yeah. That's part and parcel of the same thing. Right. Okay. Next question, same kind of thing, is God can save everybody. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't he? He still puts the responsibility on us to choose. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's our responsibility to choose good and evil. It's our responsibility to choose God. It's our responsibility to obey. Those are all things that he's asking for us to respond to him. Okay, so somebody loves you. How on earth do you know that they love you? How did you know Carly loved you? She told me. She told you. Well, that's nice. And then her actions started Mm -hmm. to prove. Right. So how does God know that we love him? By our actions. By our actions. By our, what we say to him, what we say about him, uh, how we obey him, that's all part and parcel mm-hmm. of the same thing. And our obedience speaks volumes to God. And that's part of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. In every trial, in every temptation, everything that comes to us as a natural part of life is proving, okay, are we with God on this or not? Is God? Do I understand that even in the hardest of times, God is for me, and wants the best for me, but he also knows I'll be better after this than I am right now. Right. As I mean, we might lose a limb or something like that because of what goes on uh, in our trial. Uh, we may go through desperate illness, mm-hmm. but as far as being uh, spiritually strong and wise, yeah, that comes with the school of hard knocks. Yeah. And having God see us through. It's like the second part of that question is, is like, wouldn't a loving God just save everyone? But a loving God has made salvation available to everyone. Right. You still got to choose it. 
He made the ark available, mm -hmm. but only a few chose. Right. But why not just save everyone? Maybe if you because know, if you create, if he creates all of us mm -hmm. and loves all of us, yet he chooses to send some of us to hell. Mm -hmm. How is that loving? Well, I'm not sure he wants us who are not loving to reflect who he is. So in, in uh, Genesis chapter 5, the Lord saw how man, great man's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he'd made man on earth and his heart was filled with pain. Can you imagine what the, the pain of the heart of God would look like? Powerful. And that's why he said, so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind from whom I, whom I had created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures. See, it didn't just do us uh, the move along the ground, birds of the air, for I am grieved I have made them. Mm -hmm. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. And I think we, we just need to realize that Creator God, Almighty God, honors our obedience mm -hmm. and, and our a love for him. Yeah. And and he has all the way back to creation. Right. And uh that that I, I the part that I personally take hold of is how am I grieving the heart of God? Yeah. And and this God that has provided salvation, that's provided so much for us, uh all of life is by the breath of God. And so with a God who's doing all this, why would I want to seek something I didn't deserve? Yet through Christ, he lavished his love on us and brought us salvation. Mm -hmm. And we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God's even big enough to raise him from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're because we're saved by what? By uh, grace, through faith, not by works. Right. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. And now our works are the things, and our actions are the ways that we show God that we love him. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be saved by something through faith if you did not love that. Right. Right. And so there's there's a difference. Are we doing it just for our own good, or are we doing it for the glory of God? Right? There is did some difference that? there. There is some difference there. Okay. And it needs to be done for the glory of God. Yeah. Because it's easy to be like, it's a oh, subtle difference, but yeah. it's still, yeah, it's a still a difference. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, because I don't want to be saved just for my own, or do I? Do I want to be saved? Well, for there's my a own piece good? of us that do. It's right? sort of like a fire insurance. Yeah, you know, all hell fire insurance. Yep. Uh, there's a piece of us that wants to get out of hell. That's, oh, yeah. that's all, you know, understandable in our human mm -hmm. condition. But the the other piece is it reflects more of who Jesus is. If we seek to do the Father's will. Yes. And so in Matthew chapter 6, he taught us the prayer that says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so it's all for him. Right. It, it's not about us. Yeah. 
yet it is about us. Mm -hmm. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yep. Yeah. That's a beautiful way. You know, it's, it's, it's odd, you know, that you can find every answer in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're all there. These things, yeah. And, and we try to fumble around and try to get creative with stuff, and sometimes that gets us into trouble, and I'm definitely guilty of that. You try to just be, you know, a little, you know, like, oh, maybe I can come up with something, an analogy or something that's going to work. But really, the good stuff's in here. Right there. Because that's where you're going to find the truth. So if you ever have to answer these kinds of questions to people uh, that they bring up, you know, it is difficult sometimes to have that make sense. And you have to go back to that first thing. It's, you know, it's all going to come from what you believe about your existence, where you were created. It really does. Is there a God or not? Yeah. Because else it's not going to make sense. And I think a lot of times it's, that's one of the things I have a real, I don't know, resentment of is just picking on these simple things. It's like, it's because it's a different kind of love. You know, there's multiple different kinds of love, but it's, it's a difficult thing to understand it fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a tricky part. Yeah. And it boils down to, so who is God in our life? Yeah. You know, it goes back to, uh, you shall not make for yourself any idol in any form of anything in heaven or above or earth below or the waters below. You shall not bow down to anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if we don't like that, God will create one, right? That's right. And that uh, that's what we're working with here. Yep. Yep. And that's why it's important to have the kids, you know, forming those opinions, mm-hmm. brainwashing them into, not necessarily brainwashing no. them, but... You know, influencing that part of their lives early on. Because, you know, there's definitely times I've looked at my kids and thought, that's the principle God has said when he was looking and wanted to wipe out the whole earth. <laughs> all the only thing they do is just evil. Just, you know, you see one of them, you know, driving around in their little, like, electric car, and the other one's chasing after him with a big stick. You're like, why are you so crazy and evil right now? And then at the next minute, they're... Oh, cuddling the best things ever. Yeah, we're yeah. best friends. And, and then we're yeah. telling jokes, and we're all laughing, and it's fun. So it's it's the heart of a child is Pure. you can see it. Yeah, you can you can you can see that wickedness trying to be there because it's in all of us, and then trying to coax that away to show them how God wants them to be that relationship because it's hard for them to understand it right away. Oh well, yeah, definitely. I definitely think for like little boys, it's, it's getting them anything to stick. What happened 20 minutes ago, Charlie? He has no idea what he was doing. Right. But eventually. No. But in the moment, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. So they are a lot like us. Yeah. But they pick up Just, on those little things. They do. You know, God is in my heart and everyone's heart. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And Jesus honored that. Mm-hmm. He let the little children come up to me. Right. Yeah. That's right. Because such is the kingdom of, hev- uh, kingdom of heaven. Yep. Yeah. Well, Don, will you pray us out? can do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are who you are and you've you've called us to be your people. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to embrace you, Lord, as our God. May your peace reign in our hearts. May your Holy Spirit guide our words and our actions and every step we take in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thanks for... uh making this joyful for us to have you guys as an audience. You know, we, we love you all and we 
we, we pray for you. Um, really glad you're here with us. Send us some questions if yeah. you got them. And, we enjoy um, your questions. Yeah. Um, go ask a kid or something, like a grandkid. What, what do you want to ask about the Bible? Send it to us. I think that would be a heck of a lot of fun. Oh, that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know even with my son, just start reading the Bible to them, and then just they'll, they'll say, what, what's, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Even those. And then the stuff after they say, or after you tell them, give them a little bit and then let them kind of clarify on their own and ask more questions. See, Charlie's four and he was doing it at three. And I'm not going to say he's an advanced at all as far as like intellectually understanding some of this stuff. So I know that you can start really young with them and that's right. Have some fun with it. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. There's a lot of big words in the Bible they don't understand. But of such is the kingdom of God. That's right. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for everyone for joining us this week. We'll see you all next week. Lord willing. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.